It's August 27th, 2022. Welcome to episode 11 of The Mike Newman Show, where once again, Dr. Tim and I hang out for another breakfast with Dr. Tim at our favorite Austin eatery. Had a couple plates of migas between us and sat down and chat about a couple topics that just kind of came to mind and uh, once again, enjoyed hanging out. We hope you enjoy uh, listening to our little discussion and catch you at the end. That's the way we've been doing it, so we'll just keep doing it that what, way. What, yes, absolutely. You, you just keep doing it over and over again, and maybe it'll be right sometime. Maybe. Yep, never can tell. So it's been a little while. How yes. you been? I've been fine. How about you? You, you, you recovered? I recovered. <laughs> from what? <laughs> so, what, yeah, recovered from flying across the ocean, to the bug I picked up while I was over there, to podcast movement to I don't know it's I'm just tired you know in the yeah obviously if you were if you belong to the right social circles you'd be heading off to the South Pacific somewhere to lay on a beach for a couple of three days just to decompress I guess that's vacation Mm -hmm. yeah no I just work crises popped up in the middle of everything and it's just you know it's just another day yeah Uh but um I was I met some folks last week that I've been uh, through podcasting 2.0, been working with in in a, in a way for a couple of years, and it's good to just put faces to voices, or yeah, voices in some cases. Was, was it, did you find that interesting that uh, people looked a little bit different from what you thought they did uh, based on their voice? Yeah, or in in some of their profile pictures, or like um, I think intentionally kind of sideways, or you know, just kind of as a artistic way of you know instead of just doing a scary profile and, and my profile picture is 2011 <laughs> so that's totally cheating so my, yeah, my profile know. picture is one that you took of me on the ferry boat in the Sydney Arbor with the Sydney Opera House in the background yeah, and, and that's got to be 15 years ago now at least <laughs> if not more so yeah I it, it, it was fun. And, Actually, yeah. to, to, to carry on, that, sure. because the thought was occurring to me uh, when I when I when I get, got up this morning, and I, I have a uh, have a the uh, wardrobe. Uh, my wife has a wardrobe, if you will, an antique wardrobe sitting mm-hmm. in the in the bedroom, and it has a full length mirror on it. And when I get out of bed and and start to humble around, I, I glance in the mirror and I see this old man humped over bent over staring straight down at the floor with the cane and the like and and the the, the guy that's sitting here behind my eyes is is still a 15 year old oh, kid right you know and i say damn who who is that in the mirror there uh, exactly it's uh it's amazing how our our uh, self images are a little bit different than the way we present to the rest of the world unfortunately yeah and in some ways i mean not to get to- totally meta, but a lot of the guys, I-, I didn't meet a whole bunch of people, but probably three or four of the people that I spent the most time with, it just added dimension to everything. And it, and it reminded me how um, important face-to-face interaction is. I Absolutely. mean, that's what you and I have been doing at this diner for going on 20 years. Yeah. And honestly, no, that's I very true, we right? haven't changed a lot. I mean, in, in like... Just, you know, that's a whole other thing. But I just well, it calls it calls yeah. to, it calls to, it calls to mind just just to just to touch on the point. Uh, uh, it calls to mind that we don't we don't understand what damage has been done to at least American society, if not the world society, by the virtue of the fact that that we have three years now of of. Uh, children that have gone through the most formative periods of their life in a completely aberrational social environment physically they've, they've mm-hmm. been wearing masks and and we don't we don't we don't comprehend the damage that has been done in interpersonal communication because of that mm-hmm. because so much of our communication deals not just with what we say with our voices, but with our facial expressions and the way that our mouth moves when we talk. And we, we children learn that 
and they they have to they have to be able to see you in yep. order to to learn those lessons and there 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 are extremely important periods in your life of the life of a development of a child mm-hmm. uh, starting around 18 months or mm-hmm. two or three years in which the brain is being uh, provisioned if mm-hmm. you will yeah. and if that provisioning is being done in a a, a weird <laughs> environment yeah, it, 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 we, 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 we don't fathom yet the damage that has already been done uh, in that case. And we're, we're going to see it, uh, it popping up uh, for, for decades into the future. And I, 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 I lament the fact that it's happened and I worry about what the, the end results are going to be. Yes. Yeah. yeah, we're seeing uh, what we're, t- we're almost 29 months into... Well, since the since March of, of 2020, uh, 29 months, and uh, I know we want to talk about something else this morning, but just what we, you know, the initial there there were initial responses that were understandable, a couple weeks, a month's worth of let's really try to understand what's going on here, but we're still living like that now. In, in a lot of circles because it gave a lot of people a lot of power. Right. And we, they're still forcing the masking in schools going back into classes today at that point. Well, and I, so, I, I, yeah. I've seen it today. I, I'm starting to see because of an up, uptick in cases, I start to see people wearing masks again. Mm-hmm. And I, I've seen more of them. And, and uh, at least based on the reading that I do, uh, looking at the statistics of cases that are showing up today, it's clear that masks do absolutely no good at mm-hmm. all, and yet that has become so ingrained in the uh, the, the, the psyche that, that that that's what people reach out to to provide uh, protection. Or it's, their it's their banky. It's their banky. In the best case, it's it's a comfort tool. Right. Uh, in worst case, it's a well, in the middle somewhere is probably a virtue to signal. You know, I'm, I'm going to signal my virtue. Mm-hmm. We seem to be really into that these days as a society. And then at worst case, it's collect, it, it's fostering RSV and, and things like that that you need to be able to expel from your body. But no, you're going to dump it into this face diaper and breathe it right back in. Yeah. And then this, the whole social uh, developmental um, inhibition you know, basically, a, a sh- you're throwing a shield onto your children's development. And I was laughing the other day because laughing is often the the, the only choice that you really have. Uh, visiting, but uh, when I listened to the uh, the uh, head of the CDC making her presentation about how badly they the CDC missed the ball uh, during the pandemic and that things needed to change, and I'd laugh because if you think of the nation as kind of polarized into two camps, I'm pretty sure that both camps heard that speech and came to diametrically opposed uh, I agree. Ag- uh, uh, answers or, or, or opinion as to what, that, what it was. You have half the country that, that believes that obviously what the the CDC did was wrong, and so every uh, thing that they did, every response that they did, we need to take steps to make sure that they don't do that again in the future. Whereas the other half of the population looks at it and says they just didn't do all the things that they intended to do well enough, and so mask harder. That's we, right. we just didn't mask hard enough. We didn't mask. lock down hard enough. We didn't lock down and hard enough. And yet you enough. can look at New Zealand and go, hmm. Well, uh, but, that, but that's yeah. the point. You know, yeah. you, 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 one, one, one group of us look at, uh, uh, one group looks at Sweden, the other group looks at, uh, at, uh, at, at New Zealand. And, and mm-hmm. you know, yeah. I personally like Finland right now after watching the, the prime minister of Finland uh, uh, dancing at the party. I thought, ah, that's maybe the place I need to go. So. I, <laughs> Thanks, Tim. I, I could yeah, hobble. I, I, I could <laughs> hobble in on my cane and find a chair and just I could watch the rest of the day. 
I had to Google her. I don't, I don't know where that came up. I was roaming through Twitter. I'm like, what's going on with the... Oh, all right. <laughs> it was fun. It was fun. Uh, whatever. So in, in... Sometimes we talk about... Yeah, a little more coffee. Thank you. Um, sometimes we just ramble on about whatever. We got that out of our system, I think, a little bit during breakfast this morning. Another couple of fine plates of Migas here at our favorite diner um but one one topic you brought up yesterday was interesting to me having grown up in kind of a small townish north central ohio town myself you of course sarah oklahoma um some observations you had about kind of small towns then and now well uh, and and how 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 you deal with things in small towns Mm -hmm. right so uh when we moved into the the house that we live in now, that was here in Austin, that was forty almost forty years ago. And uh, after we'd lived there for uh, probably ten or twelve years, uh, some some friends actually bought a house next door, and and so uh, they they moved in. And in the course of their moving in, they were fixing things up, tidying things up, and uh, they had a, an old tree that was sitting too close to the house and it was partially dead in their backyard and so they thought that they would get rid of that tree and so they hired a uh, uh, a guy that was kind of known around the neighborhood as a handyman and fixer up and do jack of all trades he kind could of probably handle it that's right. So they, they gave him the call to come in and uh, and uh, take down the tree uh, in their in, in the backyard uh, close to the house. And so uh, I drove my car into the driveway uh, uh, one afternoon, and my neighbor came rushing around the corner of the house and said, "Quick, quick, come help, come help!" So I followed him around. Uh, the lady actually followed her around to the backyard, and and there the uh, the handyman had cut the base of the tree, which was a good-sized tree, and it was now leaning uh, such that it was going to fall on top of their house, and it was going to take out a good part of the roof. And so my the husband, my, my neighbor, was on a, hanging on a rope that they had gotten attached to the tree and was pulling back on it, trying to keep the tree from falling over. And the handyman was hanging on as well, and so they didn't have anybody left. They that needed another hanger. So they, they, I went went around and, and was hanging, and I, I wasn't doing a lot of good. You know, we, we were we were barely holding our own against the tree, and uh, I don't remember if it was my wife or the the wife of the neighbor that that finally resorted to what in, it, I believe now in Austin in a large city is what you do when you have an unknown problem to be solved she called the fire department mm-hmm. and lo and behold it took a couple of minutes because we do have a, a fire truck about six blocks down the street or a fire station about six blocks down the street mm-hmm. fire truck pulled up in the front a couple of guys got out they, they came running around, they took a glance, they rushed back to the, the truck, grabbed a, uh, uh, some large rope uh, mm-hmm. and a uh, block and tackle and came back around and within a, a minute or so had a, another big rope on the tree and they had uh, attached it to a block and tackle to another tree another across tree. the yard. Okay. And they were starting to pull on it and pull it back. And uh, so they, they got that tree pulled back far enough so it wasn't going to fall in the house. And uh, uh, they, they, they proceeded to pick up the chainsaw that was there and cut the tree <laughs> appropriately and pulled it back onto the yard. And so that, that that's always been kind of my observation that when you when you... Uh, live in a in a in a, in a large city like Austin, mm-hmm. and you have something really weird going on. You know, uh, you don't quite know who it is that you are supposed to call for help. So who do you call? You call the fire department. Yeah. And uh, in the in the subsequent years, my I have a, a son-in-law that's a longtime fireman with the Austin Fire Department, and I visit from him, with him from time to time about some of the stuff that they right. they get into and I'll, I'll make an observation that that uh, 
you know, I read a story about this happened to a person, something strange happened at home, and 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 uh, he'll observe, oh yeah, we, we see that, cases of that, you know, several times a year or a month or a week or what have right, you. Right, whatever frequency. Yeah. So so the, the, the point is that, and that, 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 that when something goes wrong, you actually have a social structure, a social organization that helps you to deal with that. Get out of the soup. Yep. Get out of the soup. Yep. These these guys are, and the and the and the, 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 the fire department is the firemen, the fire fire firefighters. Let me sure. use yep. the appropriate term. Uh, they are they are trained to respond to. And they're the most equipped. I mean, they're they're equipped. Saws, jaws, and they, ladders, ropes, they, hoses. They, they, they kind yeah. of have when I when I learned first aid mm-hmm. as a, as a youngster. You know, there was kind of a. A set protocol that you go through uh, uh, with with first aid. You know, you, you check that someone's breathing first of all. Mm-hmm. Clear the airway. Then, then Make you sure the airway's clear. Yeah. Check if they're bleeding, and uh, yep. and and you, you try to stem that. So there, yep. there's, there's a series of things, yep. and 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 the fire firefighters seem to be well trained in in that. You know, they show up if a, if a building's on fire, if a house is on fire, if a car's laying on its top. Mm-hmm. They, they they kind of have this set of protocols that they go through and they whatever it is they they address it mm-hmm. and, and and they deal with it and that made me think back to to the little town I grew up in in Sarah Oklahoma in the 1950s and based on my personal experiences uh, thinking back on how you dealt with Emergencies or unusual situations in a in a small town, and and the 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 the, the uh, general story that I, I remember about this was uh, when I was in a junior in high school. Uh, our little high school had a an annual junior senior banquet and prom. Mm-hmm. The junior class would would throw a banquet and then a prom, a dance uh, after after that. Mm-hmm. And so my junior year, we were, we were my class was responsible for, for hosting this. And so uh, as is pretty typical in a little town, uh, our banquet, we were gonna hold the banquet in the basement of the Methodist church. Okay. Uh, it had a, had, a, had a large place where you could put tables and mm-hmm. we could decorate it a bit and uh, had a kitchen and the like. So we were down on, I think it was a Sunday afternoon, uh, several, several, several of us, several girls and several, a number of boys were working on preparing the, the site for a banquet, which was going to occur on, I don't know, Monday night or Tuesday night or something like okay. that. Decorations. Decorations, right, clean yep. things up, get the tables. Move them around up. the way you want yeah. them, yeah. yeah and all. So we, we were working on that. And in the midst of that, the uh, the uh, county sheriff walks in the door. Ah. Now, one of our class sponsors was the ag teacher, the agriculture teacher. He taught, taught uh, uh, FFA, Future Farmers of America classes. Mm-hmm. And he had a he had a big pickup that uh, with tall sideboards on on the side that they could haul animals or feed or whatever, right? Mm-hmm. The point is that everybody knew the ag teacher's pickup truck, right? And he was our class sponsor. He was parked outside the the uh, the church his with his pickup. Mm-hmm. The county sheriff needed help. Yep. And he was driving down the street, and he saw the ag teacher's pickup, and he knew that the ag teacher probably had an in with some of the high school boys. He'd know where to get them, and mm-hmm. he needed help. Mm-hmm. So he wheeled in and walked in, and lo and behold, there was the ag teacher, and there was a bunch of junior boys, well, high school of, boys. Exactly, yeah. And just what he needed, and the reason he needed that is that they had found that south of the city, we had a, there was a, 
a river, the North Fork of the Red River, which for most of the time was dry. Mm -hmm. uh, but every once in a while we'd get a heavy rainstorm and the river would flow. One of these went, classic washes. Yes. Yeah. And, and when it would flow, uh, it, would, it would change the shape of the banks and, mm -hmm. and the like. Water would... would, would uh, Erosion, yeah. In this case, the, uh, the water, rushing water on a previous rainstorm had undercut a bank. And uh, an old farmer uh, that uh, worked the, the land on the south side of the river was plowing and he drove his tractor too close to the edge of the bank that had been undercut and the, the bank caved off. The tractor toppled over and pinned him underwater in a pool of water and he, he drowned. And this had happened like the day before and they, uh, they finally had uh, Discovered him missing. missing. They yeah. discovered him missing and, and finally found him. And the, the county sheriff was called to to, uh, to uh, report that. And it, the county sheriff was trying to round up resources to retrieve the body. Yeah. Exactly. Mm -hmm. So he needed he needed he needed help. Yeah. And so he came in and explained to the ag teacher uh, the situation. The ag teacher just said, the "Boys, you go get in the truck." So we all hopped in the back of the pickup. So mm -hmm. we, we could still ride in the back of pickup trucks exactly. in those days. And there were, I don't know, 10 or 12 of us uh, uh, probably. And we, we were all standing up in the, in the back of the pickup truck. Mm -hmm. And uh, he tooled out. And so we drove the, the few miles out to the, uh, to the, uh, the farm. farm and, right, we, we parked on the, on the county road. And, and we had to walk maybe a quarter of a mile back to the river mm -hmm. uh, at that point. So... We all went back. Uh, actually, another a carload of, of, of older boys had uh, had uh, shown up at that time, and uh, and indeed one of the older boys was actually the son of the uh, the fellow, the farmer that had been killed, and uh, so he was there, and two or three of his friends, and so we all marched down to the river and and. Uh, it was a it was oh, six or seven foot drop from the edge of the bank down to the to the edge of the water, and uh, we all just walked up and, and lip leapt down, popped down, mm -hmm. and uh, uh, waded into the water. You could you could just see the uh, upturned wheels of the tractor because it was upside down at that point. So we hopped in and and uh, proceeded to get enough warm bodies to grab the pick the tractor and lifted up and a couple of the boys uh, ducked down and actually found the body of the, the farmer and pulled him up and uh, lifted him out and, and put him on a, a, a stretcher and we, we proceeded to take turns carrying the body the half a mile or a quarter of a mile or so back, back to, to the, the truck, truck. Uh, and they, they, they had an ambulance that had shown up by that time and loaded him up and so it was a it, it, it was a it was a, an interesting turn of events for a Sunday afternoon of preparing for a, a banquet in the church basement, but it, it was rather typical of dealing with things in a, a small town. Yeah. Uh, in that case, the kind of the, the focal point of the of the, uh, the, the the political lifeblood of the of the county. Uh, and, and still is today in, in many parts of rural Oklahoma and Texas and, and the other states is the county sheriff. Mm -hmm. uh, the county sheriff is very often the uh, is, is an elected official mm -hmm. and is uh, pretty much the head of uh, the security, if you will, of, of the county. And right. so, uh, but in this case, uh, uh, he had to marshal resources to do the job that he needed done, mm -hmm. and uh, uh, a bunch of high school boys was was uh, a good source of, uh, of of manpower that he needed. And the flip side is that none of us thought anything about it. Right. Uh, by this time, uh, the juniors in high school. By this time, we we had, had we had all. We had all seen dead people. 
uh, we'd actually all dealt with them, uh, whether it be people that died in their homes or mm-hmm. automobile accidents or whatnot. We'd, we'd all been in situations to, to handle that. Well, there was no 911 to outsource that to. That, well, that's exactly it. Yes. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. And, 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 and so that's the, that's the, that's, I guess, the, 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 the point of, uh, uh, that I, I was trying to understand, just think about, to characterize is, is that in a, a small community, you have to deal or you have to use the resources of the community to deal with situations. Uh, whereas in a, in a larger city, you start to apply structure and you now have an organization mm-hmm. intended to deal with that. And as over the years, as I've watched that, that organization uh, to respond uh, to, uh, to problems uh, has, has gotten more and more evolved to the extent that now uh, in Austin, uh, for example, there's a, an emergency operations center uh, that in the case of floods or natural disasters of various types, they will... They will uh, uh, put it in operation, and, and it's simply a place where all of the different organizations that may be involved can put people together, and right. they can come up with, with, with a plan of attack of, of allocating resources and the like to deal with... with and in that small sir. town, the sheriff, that operations center was between his ears. Pretty much it. Yep. And, and the resources he had to pull on were the kids, the, you know, the students, the, the older the neighbors, yep. everybody knew, uh, you know, I'm thinking back to the, how you started the discussion about um, your neighbor taking the tree down um, here in Austin, where it was probably word of mouth. They'd heard about this handyman guy, no, no telling what his references were before that, but he wasn't specialized in taking down trees. Yep. Whereas, you know, the Austin Fire Department, the, you know, Austin used to be, I've only been in Austin 20 years, but I think the tallest building in Austin when I arrived in 2001, if it wasn't the Frost Bank Tower, it was pretty close to the Frost Bank. One of those buildings in a two block square of the Frost Bank Tower was it. Now that you you got to look hard to find the owl in the in the middle of all that, yep, yep. and and just imagine the the specialization required of knowing those buildings and knowing the elevators, the floor plans, and everything that would go into being an Austin Fire Department if they're going to respond to one of those towers. Right. Know, what do you do? Versus small town where specialization might be the ag teacher's got a pickup truck and that farmer he's got a tractor with such and such a tire he could probably pull that other tractor out if if we really needed to but yeah so just uh and the other thing is it's kind of why i kind of brought up the specialization and the outsourcing everybody in that community knew they were going to get called in at some point, I would imagine. Mm-hmm. There was just no expectation that you didn't have to deal with that. Right. And the good and the bad of it. I mean, you're literally sitting there ready, preparing for a celebration, you know, the, the, the prom, the, yeah. the banquet or whatever, and then just like that, you're out you're helping after, your neighbors recover a body. And, and, yeah, and, and, and the body you're recovering, incidentally, is somebody that everybody knows. Exactly. You know? yeah. So it, 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 it really strikes home. Well, it, it, it occurs to me that, that you, sometimes you run into a, a juxtaposition of, of those two environments. And, and uh, perhaps the most recent example that would, would occur to me in that regards is the shooting at the school in Uvalde. Mm-hmm. And, and based on the reports that have come out that I've read uh, from that, uh, you had a situation where you had uh, a, 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 a clashing of the specialization of a dense urban population mm-hmm. with the generalization, if you will, of a small, relatively small rural community. Yep. And 
they there was no in advance planning, uh, if you will, for coordinating all of that activity. And so you ended up with what has subsequently been characterized as a very bad response mm-hmm. to an emergency situation. And uh, at least my understanding of what I read is that, that largely the, uh, the bad response was due to the fact that, that no one was in generally perceived control of, of all of those resources. Mm-hmm. Uh, some people saw, thought that certain other people were calling the shots and those people didn't think that they were calling the shots. And so you, you end up with a... With paralysis. A, a, a paralysis, yes. You, 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 you don't respond well to that. So I, I, I don't... I, I'm not sure that there's, there's a lesson to be learned from any of that other than just that observation that, that as we go from generalization to specialization, uh, uh, highly specialized uh, response activities require uh, a, lot of, a lot of training, if you will, in the coordination activity itself. Whereas in the in the more general response uh, that you might see in a in a small community is you you look for generalist responses uh, people that, that that understand a wide variety of things to be done and and uh, can deal with them on, at a general level they they can't do heart surgery but they can put a tourniquet on a a, 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 a gashed arm or something I think the I think the uh, probably the thing that I take from Uvalde and and the story of, of of your town with that farmer is that in Uvalde nobody said if not me who's going to do this. It was well certainly some there, there's the assumption that I don't need to get involved even if I was you know all those law enforcement there armed body armor, but just standing around. Right. And eventually one guy, the, the Border Patrol officer, who was not really in scope, you, you, <laughs> if you, you will. You, wouldn't have, you would not have, one might probably not have thought immediately of him or of that, of that job type, job description right. as being the person to respond in that situation, yeah. But he looked at the situation and said, oh, hell no. You know, it's like you can deal with me later. I'm going to end this now. Right. And 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 people like that are seen as cowboys, et cetera, et cetera. Well, sometimes you need a cowboy. I mean, what was the what was the Texas Ranger motto for the longest time? One riot, one ranger. Uh, something like that. Yeah, yeah. And I mean, there's a there's a whole story about a kidnapping down in one of the caves. Uh, we went down. My wife and I went down there a couple of years ago to to see this. Literally dispatched one ranger down there. The ranger rappelled down into the cave, took care of the bandits, <laughs> rescued the... Um, it's... Uh, uh, we could go into the whole attack on masculinity too, but that I, I, I think that's at play as well, is that in a small town, there was no escaping living and dying. Yeah. Whereas in these bigger cultural mishmashes of cities and overlapping of counties and, and school districts have their own this and that and everything else, it is chaos. Yeah. It, it, it's, it, it seems very much to be the, the case. Uh, the, the flip side of that, of course, is that, that in, a, in, the, in, the, uh, in the specialization of, uh, of the large, larger Social entities. If you if we want to get back and talk about things at a metal level, metal sure. level, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. That that uh, the more specialized that you become in 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 all areas, the 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 uh, uh, better you can deal with certain types of uh, mm-hmm. certain types of things. And, uh, and and so, if you need open heart surgery, you definitely want to be in the midst of a large social. Uh, I don't want to go to my general practitioner for nope. open heart surgery. <laughs> nope. I, I I think I've, I've I'm sure I've mentioned to you, but the the, the, the story that that 
I always think back on was just within my own family with uh, uh, dealing with surgeries mm-hmm. back in the in somewhere around 1955 or 56. Uh, I was 10 or 11 years old at the time, and my mother uh, had gallbladder trouble, and so she she needed to have her gallbladder removed, and. So she went into the little hospital in Sayre, Oklahoma, and the doctor, the general practitioner that had been our family doctor forever, did the surgery. Okay. And I'm pretty sure that uh, they used ether probably as the anesthetic, Mm -hmm. and uh, that probably was the only gallbladder surgery that that doctor did that year. And he did the surgery on my on my mother, and she probably laid in her hospital bed for a week, ten days before she really got up at all. Wow! And it was six months to a year before she fully recovered from that surgery. Well, five or six years later, my brother. Uh, probably through a genetic disposition, had gallbladder problems and had to have his gallbladder removed. And uh, having learned a little bit of a lesson, he chose to go to Oklahoma City and find a a surgeon that that probably did dozens, if not hundreds, of gallbladder surgeries during the course of a year. And he had the surgery done and... and, uh, uh, he was, he was, they had him up and walking literally the next day, uh, and uh, uh, he spent, I think, three days in the hospital or so, and, uh, and he was sent home, and he was still uh, pretty tender and sore uh, on, the, on the car ride 120 miles back to Sarah, Oklahoma, but uh, he, he, he recovered fairly well, and within a couple of weeks, he was, he was pretty much on the mend, and he was back to it. But that trip was worth the investment. It was. Yep. Well, and then, and then so then the, 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 the final episode, if you will, in the story was uh, a, a couple of three decades later when I mm-hmm. lived uh, in Houston mm-hmm. and had a, uh, uh, well, no, actually, it's probably after we'd moved to Austin, I think it happened to Austin, had a, had a friend that had the the gallbladder surgery, and and uh, uh, was a lady, as a matter of fact, and she was describing it to me that uh, that the, the, the surgery, uh, as I recall, was almost an outpatient mm-hmm. recovery. I mean, a, a, a surgery. Uh, uh, she went in. They uh, they did a did literally a, a almost a pinprick. Uh, little scope operation in there, and 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 did it all with a little remote uh, jobber that they moved yep. in and uh, sliced it up and took it out and and uh, literally I don't I don't think she may have not spent a single night in the hospital or she may have spent one night, sure. but um, uh, it, it was it was mm-hmm. literally an, an outpatient type of uh, of operation and so. Uh, you can see that that you know in a, in a large in a large uh, social uh, uh, structure you get specialization and enhancement and improvement and uh, and uh, you can certain times it's it's a lot better to be in that yep. environment to get certain problems taken care of. And I guess the best mix of that is when you know reputations develop around. Um, yeah, well, if you're in Austin, you want to see this doctor for this type of thing, or you know, so that you're not just relying on being thrown into the system and having the system choose somebody for you. You you can still um, within that social structure work the network, if you will, to find the best outcome for yourself. And and normally that's what you have to do. You have to advocate for yourself to find your way through it. Whereas in the small town. You 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 know you're soaking in it. Yeah, you, you know that you know Joe Bob, even though he's got a chainsaw, might not be the right guy to call to get that tree taken down. Yep. Now you might not have a, a a a professional person in Sayre, Oklahoma, in 1953, for example, that is they making a living at taking trees down, but so and so has built a reputation of. 
yeah, when he does a job, he's usually pretty careful about it yeah. or ineffective in it and so forth. Well, so. It, 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 it wasn't hard in, in that time period. It was, would, wouldn't have been hard to find someone that, that really understood the, the mechanics of chopping down a tree and making it fall where you wanted it to fall. Yes. Uh, that was that was just pretty yeah. much what you did. You know, uh, you, you, you had to learn your way around uh, with that. Yep. So I, you know, I hadn't, mm-hmm. I hadn't thought about it that much, or really in the in the past, in, or in going into this topic of conversation. But uh, perhaps the uh, the major takeaway from this is the uh, the idea of, of uh, generalization versus specialization, mm-hmm. and uh, uh, how it occurs, uh, and the and the social structure necessary, the social environment nexus necessary to. To support that, uh, what mm-hmm. what you need to support uh, a generalist approach to things, and what other what thing what what environment you need to support a, a specialization approach to uh, to things, mm-hmm. and 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 so perhaps it's a it's a little bit of uh, it's a really a little bit of a of a consideration of uh, the evolution of, of social structures within the human species that uh, that that we're, we're dealing with, but. Uh, yeah, think about it in the workplace as well. I mean, you've got uh, basically um, people that you go to that know a little bit about a lot of things, and, and the the skill they bring is the network that they can pull together a team in a heartbeat. That, right. that they don't have to do everything, but they can find the people. And they've been effective in bringing, like, like a project team, you know, bring something quickly together, get it done, get out of the way, and get on to the next thing. Mark. And then you've got people that might be in that scope that know exactly what's going on in one particular area, and you really need their input to keep the whole thing from going off the rails. Right. Because one piece of critical work, if it's done the wrong way, it just screws up everything else. Yeah. So yeah. It's, uh, you know, it's, it's why we're all a little bit different. We are indeed. Well, I, 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 I guess the, uh, the, uh, uh, the, 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 the takeaway there is, is uh, uh, in the in the best of all possible worlds, you you have, you have all of that available. Right? Yeah. You you have the, uh, you have the uh, the generalization and the environment of the of the small town uh, coupled with the. Uh, specialization of the uh, of the large uh, uh, social structure, mm-hmm. and you you uh, you work on as much as anything else communication systems between those so that that you can take advantage of that. And I, to a certain extent, we're 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 moving in that that direction. Uh, I find the uh, um, the uh, just general. Being being able to uh, to search on the uh, the internet is a great help uh, these days. If I have a uh, mm-hmm. if I have a have a, have a, a highly specialized problem, uh, twenty years ago I would I would have sought out a person that would help me uh, sort this out. Today I'll, I'll go start I'll grab a search engine. I would say I would Google, but I use other search engines from that. Sure. Yeah. I go grab a search engine, and, yeah. and the, the real trick is uh, putting together the keywords and key phrases to to hone in on the on the uh, the resource that you want somewhere on the internet. So. Yeah, you just don't want to you just don't want to rely on a search engine to figure out how sick you are, because because basically you're gonna. Three pages down, you're dead. Yeah. I mean, you just figure. Oh, well, and, 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 yeah, I'm not. I'm not. Not down to. I'm not to the down to the level of trying to to, to self-diagnose and self-medicate. But I, I I am down to the level of trying to figure out who's the best. What's the best type of physician to try to get involved in, in this and sure. and uh, and uh, and where's a good one, uh, if you will. Uh, and and that's that's something that that. Uh, with a little judicious use of a, of a mm-hmm. search engine, you can you, 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 you can deal with it. Although I must point in fi- point out that that, that 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 just as I've always had the model anything or motto of in, anything worth doing is worth overdoing. Mm-hmm. Well, at, at, in, anything worth doing and overdoing is also worth uh, uh, prostituting, if you will, uh, in order to to 
to make your own uh, yeah. your own bit off of it. And so well, we have we have YouTube we have, channels on how to change every part in a vehicle these days. Well, yeah, you, you do, like you do yeah. but but you also but you also have now then uh, lots of people that are trying to cash in on that and they scam you. Oh right? yeah. Yeah. You know, so so, and that's a, that's a problem with the general search engine is that that I'll I'll, I'll suddenly I'll, I'll look up something and, and if I look real little close I'll notice that the first six responses to the search engine are sponsored. Sponsored. Yep. Yep. And it takes me a little while to to to, to realize. Oh well, <laughs> that one probably wasn't the it. And then I've got to I've got to look down on the on the second or third page of responses before I uh, uh, get, get down to the what the so. And once once someone figures out that oh people are doing this and so I'll know how to I'll, I'll insinuate myself in there and and uh, uh, I'll sell them the, the Brooklyn Bridge or whatever the, the current euphemism <laughs> is uh, today I, I don't even know what it is today that I don't know <laughs> although well anyway uh, just just to talk about Elon Musk for. 30 seconds. Cool. Did you hear about his new announcement this week? Uh, was with a cell phone operator, a, mo- a, a mobile operator. Actually, oh, oh, T-Mobile. 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 Yeah, yeah no. Yeah. I, I, I'm sorry. That, that, <laughs> that, particular, that particular response is something that, that I was aware of almost 40 years ago. Uh, because it was done with the maritime satellite systems. Okay. The, uh, what's so co- what we're talking about is the SpaceX and T-Mobile announcement at Starbase earlier right. this week, maybe even two days ago, where the next generation of uh, Starlink satellites that are going to go up toward the end of next year will be able to communicate with regular handset phones uh, through a specific slice of the bandwidth that's allocated to mobile handsets. And, and basically the idea is ubiquitous coverage wherever these Starlink satellites are, you know, no loss of service. It might not be voice right away, but it'd be like text, MMS, you could get SOSs out and, and so forth. Anyway, so I, I was... I found that fascinating, and and, oh, I, and now I, you're going to take us back to I, 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 what's I, I, new is old, and it's old very, is new. It's very fascinating, but yeah. Yeah, absolutely, what's what's new is is, is old. Uh, I, I first became aware of this in the, in 1980s. Uh, we were w- working with uh, uh, Schlumberger Oil Field Service Company, mm-hmm. and uh, uh, Schlumberger's business was to uh, take a truck out to an oil well site wherever it was at drop tools, measurements systems, or sensors, if you will, down the borehole and take measurements of the subsurface formation that uh, could be used for modeling what that looked like and whether or not there was oil or gas there and how much could be produced. And so to do that, you put highly specialized, uh, well, you, 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 you had to take a truck to the well site and and so you you actually had to Resolve with the crew of the the truck that went out. You had to resolve a number of problems, and you, so you had essentially generalists that went out to the well site and made measurements and made some interpretation. But for the most part, they 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 collected data. They did a graphical representation of the data, handed that over to a client. The client would then hop in the car and and uh, head back uh, to the company office uh, that was developing the well. Or, or maybe in another city or another country, and they they would they would go into uh, uh, an analysis center, and they would they would look at all the data that had been acquired, and they'd make decisions. So they were hand carrying way. this data that was acquired on the truck, right? And they're like, okay, we got the data, or we so, think we got all the data, right? We, you know, we, we we did our scan, and then that output was physically delivered to another location for analysis, right? And so our, our, our innovative approach was we wanted to put in place a communication system to the well site mm-hmm. that would allow that communication data to occur essentially in real time. Mm-hmm. And so you could bring the expertise of the, the, office, of the home office, if you will, 
uh, out to the well site, you could make decisions faster and the like. So I, I got involved in, in helping to look at communication systems that were available at this time. So this was 1980, if you will. And uh, certainly rather quickly, we, 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 we came to the understanding that in order to provide this ubiquitous communication to a remote well site, cell phones were were a gleam in somebody's eye at that point. Yeah, Dick right? Tracy watches it best in Abs- the cartoons at absolutely, that point. Absolutely, yeah. yeah. And so uh, uh, our natural inclination, uh, or not natural, the, 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 the physical reality pointed us to satellites, mm-hmm. um, and specifically to geosynchronous satellites. Uh, that we could want, we could use to uh, if we could call an Earth station to the well site, we could set it up and we could look at a geosynchronous satellite and we could establish a data channel mm-hmm. from the well site uh, back into a, a, a local environment. And uh, our our concern with within the the system that we wanted to develop within Slumberger is that we wanted that. Earth station to be hauled out on the truck that mm-hmm. was already going out, which meant that it couldn't be very big in the line. Right. So that's that's a whole different other story. Yeah, I think if we get system. into that as a that would, its but, own topic, but yeah, but the, sure. but the, but the trick, the, the, the point I really wanted to make then is got looking at the, the variety of of, of, of uh, satellite systems at mm-hmm. that time. Okay. And certainly one that uh, that 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 was in, in existence and was in use at that time was the was the. Maritime, the Marisat system. Okay. So Marisat uh, was a, an international organization that had put up a series of geosynchronous satellites. So they were situated around the, the globe. They were at fixed locations. They were at fixed they, locations. Relative to the Earth beneath rather, them. Rather, yeah, right. So they, they set it, a, a geosynchronous satellite sets above a particular point on the equator. So okay. these, these are all in, in equatorial orbits. Okay. And they, the uh, Arthur Clark, uh, science mm-hmm. fiction writer, came up with this concept. The elevator. Yep. Well, no, no, with the oh. concept of literally of a geosynchronous satellite. Really? Okay. Yes. <laughs> no, it was it was a, there was a theme in one of his uh, one of his stories. The, the the point is that yeah, you put a communication satellite up in ge- satellite up in geosynchronous orbit. You have an Earth station on the ground. It looks at the same point in the sky. You, mm-hmm. So it's a fixed point. You're looking at a fixed point in the sky. And you can transmit data, uh, uh, transmit a, a, a radio signal up to the satellite. It receives it and can rebroadcast it to the Earth. Mm-hmm. Okay, so on the satellite you have an antenna that, that has a pattern that it's sensitive to. So if you're within the, the pattern, you can transmit to the satellite. The satellite retransmits in a pattern as well, so the, mm-hmm. the, all of the energy is is, is concentrated in a given area. Okay. The Marisat systems were intended to be maritime communication systems, and so they had satellites that covered the major ocean regions of, mm-hmm. the, of the world. And they had a frequency band cleared, uh, what was called the M band, uh, which uh, was, was a, a frequency that was dedicated to maritime communication. And so the uh, the the and the and the, 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 um, the uh, frequency was low enough that you could use uh, an omnidirectional antenna to transmit uh, from the earth to the satellite okay so you didn't have a you didn't have a cassegrain feed parabolic reflector you okay. could just literally just have a whip antenna if you will that yeah. was omnidirectional and 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 you were transmitting at a low enough frequency you could you could put enough power You really power could just in. call out in the dark. You didn't need to aim your antenna aim, or aim. have an aimable antenna. Right. You could just talk. You pretty yeah. much you, it it had to transmit up. Yep. Okay. <laughs> you're, you're yep. in good shape, right? And so with uh, with uh, using the M band, uh, you you could uh, you could uh, uh, and, and you could make it a little bit better if you had a little reflector. Mm-hmm. That, that's sure. If you yeah. had a directional antenna, that, that made it better. Yeah, but in general. Yeah. But in general. But but uh, so so uh, uh, it, it, in in that system. And so mm-hmm. this was well in existence in 1980. Uh, ships had uh, uh, Marisat terminals mm-hmm. on them, uh, which could talk to the the, the Marisat. Satellites, mm-hmm. and uh, at a at a uh, one of the large Earth station centers that generally controlled the satellite, 
uh, you could bring a downlink down, a downlink down into that source station. You could tech connect a remote location to a switchboard, if you will. Mm-hmm. So you can make it start to make a phone call. Okay. Okay. So I was going to say, is this going to be voice? Is this like teletype? Is this? No, it was it was voice. It was voice. Okay. So you you could you do it. So with that system, then again in 1980, uh, mm-hmm. pretty much anywhere on any ocean in the world, your ship could make a phone call. Okay. Now the bandwidth was the the, the total bandwidth was was very limited. Yeah. You know, so it was and, expensive. You and, might you might end yeah. up spending ten to a hundred dollars a minute yeah. to, to make a phone call. And so that's in cruise ships of the day or on ships sure. of, of that day, you could make a phone call from the middle of the ocean, but you probably had to pay a pretty good penny to do it. Kind of like in the old day when the phone in the back seat on the on the airplane. Right. You could make a call there, but man, that was expensive. Yep. So 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 it re- re- required um, it required uh, 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 and, and mm-hmm. it, it, if you looked at a, if you looked at a Marisat uh, terminal or, uh, in those days, uh, a portable one. If you think of your cell phone now, mm-hmm. we're talking about the the 1980s equivalent of a of a sure. cell phone. It was the size of two large suitcases. Yep, more gear than I brought to breakfast. Oh, this morning. a lot more gear. <laughs> and uh, and uh, what one of those suitcases was the radio equipment, and the other suitcase was power. Yeah. So if you wanted to be able to plug into power anywhere in the world, mm-hmm. uh, it took a suitcase size assembly of adapters to adapters, trans- transformers, transformers, yeah, and all like of that. that. Yeah. So so, but but <laughs> yeah. you pretty much could, mm-hmm. could make a phone call from from anywhere. Well, so, so now fast forward fast exactly. forward twenty years uh, at, from that point, and. Uh, 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 what, what company? What company put up the uh, the, the the radium uh, system? Didn't Microsoft throw some? No, no, no it yeah. was a, it was a, it was one of the other. I, okay. I, I apologize. It's it, and it, it's it's a well recognized company. Iridium, iridium, iridium. I don't know. Uh, you just said the word. I was it, got to iridium. Get to it. Well, iridium was the name of the system. Okay. 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 And uh, the, the the point it, mm-hmm. it it was it was a very it, it, iridium is atomic number eighty eight I think it is. Okay. And, and 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 the system was named after the fact that that in order to to number one cut down the size of the earth station mm-hmm. that you could use and to make it available anywhere in the world, they put up 88 satellites. Oh, okay. <laughs> and they they, they yeah. did this in the form of uh, uh, eight 11 satellite planes in polar orbits. Mm. So, so literally, whatever, whatever thirty degrees or some such around the Earth, you would have a you would have a series of eleven satellites that were following each other in mm-hmm. polar orbits. Okay. So that meant rather than a geosynchronous satellite, what you had were, were was a constellation mm-hmm. of satellites in in polar orbit, which meant that they would, over time, every satellite would cover every spot on the Earth. Right. And at any one time, from any spot on the Earth, you could communicate with at least one of those satellites. Right. And so that came. That's where we came up with the first uh, uh, satellite telephones. Mm. Okay. So the uh, a satellite mm-hmm. telephone had a. It was you know, ten times the size of uh, of a of your current cell phone. Right? Yeah. But you could. It was. You could carry it with you, and from yeah. anywhere. So, so we saw in the Gulf War, the right. the dudes with the backpacks and the little dish on top of their heads yep. or whatever, and yeah. Well, that, those were the ones you're doing very hot, very very high Video bandwidth, and so right? Forth, yeah. But if you, if you just wanted to do voice, it, mm-hmm. you, you had a you had a brick uh, a, a, a bit larger than a Kurt Sobel. And and they, they were great. You could make mm-hmm. I, I had a had a had a niece that um, uh, got her nursing degree and was a she was an avid uh, uh, or a dedicated uh, uh, member of a, of a small church in in Sarah, Oklahoma. Mm-hmm. And so when she got her nursing degree, she went on on a missionary trip to to uh, Mozambique. Okay. And she was going to be out in the out in the backwoods helping for a, a, a three weeks, I think it was. Okay. And I thought, well, I'll contribute to that. So I arranged <laughs> to rent a satellite phone from a, a place down in Atlanta, mm. and I gave her a satellite phone to take with her. And <laughs> every night, she could call home and talk to her kids. Oh, 
Cool. And uh, she apparently was the first person that had gone on a, a, <laughs> mission, a, a trip mission with a satellite with phone. With a satellite phone, and she was really popular. <laughs> I bet. Turned out. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, so, uh, it, it, so at any rate, so then we had the Iridium system, which now diminished the size of the of the um, of the uh, uh, the Earth station, at, if you will, that that, that it was the telephone, and uh, made it possible, and so. The, the 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 announcement this week that that uh, that uh, SpaceX or that uh, that uh, uh, T-Mobile and SpaceX uh, are going to yeah. combine forces mm-hmm. because now with the, if you've seen the the, the new um, uh, Starlink it's a Starlink is Starlink the name I of the believe yeah. yeah if you, you've seen the new the existing Starlink satellites and they're Couple of three thousand of them up right now. Yeah, uh, you know they're they're the they're the size of a, I don't know maybe a, a couple of garbage large garbage pails or something like yeah, that. They're, and, and, yeah, yeah, but but the new the new satellites. The, the one, one they showed about, on the image had this big flat. Oh it yeah, like yeah, an it, obelisk. Well, it, it, for it, a, it's a about, wing it's, and it's about it's about the size of a it's about the size of a minivan. Okay. Oh, okay, so about maybe half that size. So it's a it's a big upgrade. Uh, but it's a satellite that has mm-hmm. a lot more power, a lot more processing ability, and a lot more uh, ability to to tailor the the uplinks and downlinks that okay. it's, it's it's going. So with that, they're, they're they're talking about putting not 88 satellites up, which was the Iridium system did, but they're putting thousands of these up. And yeah. so there's there's a constellation, a huge constellation up. And the new satellites are powerful enough that they can talk directly to a cell phone. Existing handsets, these right. little dudes you buy at Best Buy or whatever. And right. so that's that's the link. Then uh, 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 Starlink's going to provide the satellites and uh, uh, interconnection to the to the the global communications, if you will. And then T-Mobile yeah. provides the the connection to the the cell phone itself. And so mm-hmm. you now have cell phones that can can communicate. So. The, the, the gist of this whole story was right. that that progression. this is a progression in size and capacity and capability, but but the the, the, the size and capacity, but the capability is actually a very old capability. Yep. You know, it, 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 it really was put in place uh, many years ago, and I'm, I'm not even sure if the Marisat systems were the they they probably were the Marisat systems were probably the first that had the ubiquitous service around mm-hmm. the world. Uh, but uh, uh, so everything that's new is old is new again, or something like that. And we just improve it. Yep. Yep. And now it's whereas it used to be just for ships, and then just for you know fairly expensive investment to get a, a satellite phone, you know that that does basically the you know ubiquitous coverage. If we say ubiquitous coverage is the is the objective, mm-hmm. now it's. And the T-Mobile guy, you know, he's doing his little marketing of, you know, we're the uncarrier. I don't know what that's supposed to mean, but okay. Um, that he was basically hinting that if you had the main T-Mobile subscription, your phone would have access to that network and it wouldn't be anything special you would need to do. Right. So it gets well, to the ubiquity the, of, of the, the, the interesting thing. Th- yeah. To me, the interesting thing about that is that, 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 that the only limitation on that then is a, an artificially manufactured limitation. Yeah. You have to have the subscription yes. because any yeah. any cell phone is going to be able to sure. make that connection. Yeah. You don't have to have a T-Mobile cell phone or yeah. anything else. You just need the, you as just, we know, the subscriber number that's allowed to jump on that network and absolutely. do what it wants to do. Yep. Yep. Off, 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 off you go. Yep. Well, cool. Enjoyed the conversation today, Tim. It was a little more eclectic than I'd have figured well, out being, but it was... That, uh, that's what we do. That's that's the only way to go. Good enough. The well, only way to fly. Thanks again. See you soon. You. Stay well. You too. Thanks, Tim. Bye. And that's a wrap on another enjoyable conversation uh, between Tim and I. At least we enjoy it. That's why we keep doing it. And uh, enjoyed the breakfast with him and the conversation uh, before and after our recording, as well as uh, the part you got to listen in on. Uh, If you have comments or uh, some thoughts for topics that you might want to hear us uh, discuss, uh, drop me a note at mike at mikenewman.show. And the 
Spelling on all of that is M-I-K-E-N-E-U-M-A-N-N dot show. Uh, There's a couple other ways you can interact with the show as well, other than uh, email. You can go check out the show notes at mikenewman.show. That's the website uh, dedicated to this show, where you'll see an episode-by-episode listing um, of all 10 and now 11 episodes, as well as a little tab on there about about why I do this show, and uh, read up in there if you're of any interested. And then a section called Frequently Asked Questions, which actually... None of those questions have ever been asked of me, but I figured, hey, maybe somebody will, so I'll do a little question and answer in there. And then finally, there's a tab on there called Player, where it's an embedded uh, player for uh, in the web, in your browser, so you can listen to any of the episodes or all of the episodes using a uh, an embed of the Podverse player from uh, the fine folks over at podverse.fm, where uh, at Podcast movement last week. I was able. I had the pleasure of meeting Mitch of Podverse.fm and had a, had an enjoyable conversation with with he and a couple other folks who've really uh, been taking podcasting 2.0 uh, to to where we are today, where it's a, a functioning, working, growing uh, standard and capability for podcasting. So um, anyway, Podverse.fm. Related to that, um, if to get the best benefit out of all of these um, these new advances in, in podcasting and actually for the best listening experience and interaction experience, you need to go to newpodcastapps.com. And New Podcast Apps is actually a section of podcastindex.org, uh, which is a key element of podcasting 2.0. And in there, it's a, a basically a, a nice little registry of applications, hosting providers, and so forth that are currently implementing the Podcasting 2.0 uh, namespace expen- extensions and participating in uh, the value for value um, um, adventure, if, if for lack of any other word. Uh, some apps you'll find there are apps such as CurioCaster, Podverse, the one I mentioned earlier, Fountain, Podfriend, Breeze, that's B-R-E-E-Z, and uh, one of the newer items uh, that, that's really integral to this whole ease of um, expressing value uh, be, uh, back to uh, podcasters, creators, application developers, uh, just basically people that are bringing the value from a producer standpoint, um, and then you're able to express back uh, some, some gratitude, some thank you, some some expression of, of the value that you're receiving in this. Either you can send that back through Fiat Fund coupons, through a, a link you'll, you can find in my, uh, in my feed, through the apps, uh, to my PayPal account, or uh, using send me some Satoshis in the form of a Boostagram. And in fact, uh, in the last couple of weeks on the Podcast Index, and I'll have this in the show notes, the podcastindex.org page is now... Uh, give you the ability, using, for example, the Albi plugin in your browser, to send a boostergram directly from the podcast page on podcastindex.org. And that was super cool. I just tested it out before uh, recording these uh, beginning and end notes, comments on the, on the podcast here. So that's up and working. So it's really cool just how, as new functionality is added to the Podcasting 2.0 ecosystem, a lot of these things that get added in and demonstrated in different areas are now so easily plugged in by uh, the very talented people that are contributing their, their time and their talent, in addition to their treasure, uh, into this uh, community, if you will, of people advancing the uh, Podcasting 2.0 uh, ecosystem. So uh, thanks to all who participate in that. That's what makes this all interesting to me, in addition to just having these uh, enjoyable conversations with Dr. Tim. And um, thanks for joining along. Thanks for listening. I really appreciate you spending some of your time listening to this and uh, look forward to hearing from you. Until then, take care.